0: hello friends and welcome to fm on demand with tara fitzpatrick food management magazine's podcast i'm of course your host tara fitzpatrick and today i hope that this podcast gets a lot of buzz and there i don't think i made too many puns but it's a great conversation with flick hospitalities chef will pfeiffer um he's at ibm's conference center in new york and He has just done so much making these beehives, custom-made beehives. He worked with a local beekeeper. He was a chef before he got into the bee thing, but he was like a novice with beekeeping. And just the way that he learned, I think is really inspirational for all of us, like learning new skills. Like for example, I'm learning how to juggle. You can see the little little squares behind there. My daughter's learning too. She's getting a little quicker than me because I just want to be able just to bust out. But anyway, so it's like, if you're interested in beekeeping, so much information here um not to mention the way that he's using honey on the menu but i I think it's also interesting if you just want to do something new just shake things up a little bit and just always learn i think it's a wonderful way to be be sorry thank you and please enjoy welcome will thank you for being here thank you for having me thank you yeah we are gonna get into a little bit more later but i want to just first see what's behind you. Tell us about this amazing display that you have going on, because it looks like it's better than a science fair. (laughs) Yeah, so I I didn't want
1: to overwhelm you either, but I felt like due to the circumstances, it was important to showcase, you know, the information we provided at our first inaugural honey harvest. So it's pretty much basic information. And these are stations we had last night for our guests, all of our clients, corporate, uh, corporate clients customers, friends, family. It really was a celebration of the property. so cool. Yeah, it was such a monumental event. You know, we had Jenna, we had everybody there, we had our our staff, and it was a celebration of what our property has accomplished as a team. And that was one of the biggest focuses that I could say we took from this team building. Mm -hmm. Incorporated everybody to work as a unit and accomplish the one common goal which was becoming a more sustainable property.
0: Yes, and there's some parallels there because the bees work together as a team too. So I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure, sure. that hasn't escaped your notice. <laughs> You're
1: spot on about that and that's that's one thing that was so fascinating to me when I first started learning about the honeybees and working under a mentor, a beekeeper. So we have some basic knowledge, the different types of bees, the queen bee, the worker bee, the drone bee, the male, the process of laying eggs, how long the lifespan is, what each role of the bee in the colony does from the day they're born, they have that specific role that they Mm -hmm. are tasked with. And then after six days, they go on to a new role after another 6 days they go on to a new role from foraging for nectar yeah caring for the larva so it's
0: it's a whole a but they're whole, always yeah, busy busy bees all, all, always busy always busy yeah, yeah so it was uh so cool stuff. so people kind of were able to just like wander around take a look at this and isn't yeah. there is that is that one of the uh um the frames back there or yeah so this is an actual
1: frame of honey that we spun last night that came directly out of our beehives.
0: So cool. And that's, I think that's one of my questions that we could maybe ask was about the, was it spinning? Yes. The inaugural spinning process is what this is what you guys were celebrating. So I have been on a few like tours and I like to think I know a little bit about it, but like always learning more. I don't know what that means. What's the inaugural spinning. So pretty much. It, the, the
1: project started last year i i will kind of get into the story which oh yeah me. please yeah 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 yeah. so in may of last year i had a conversation with one of our corporate chefs and as you know chefs we're always looking to innovate we're always looking mm-hmm. to find that next wow factor right for our guests so i ha- was having a conversation with one of our corporate chefs his name's danny and he's, he was telling me he's like chef you know i just did an awesome event where i put a whole Honeycomb Ooh. at the cheese station where we had our oh, nice. chef carving that fresh comb off. And he was like, it blew people out of the water. <laughs> so he said, he's like, listen, I think you should try and source some local honey and maybe you could incorporate that into one of your events. Okay, done. I was like, I yeah. hit the horn. I was like, Google where local beekeepers. So I came across a local beekeeper literally within two miles of the property Mm -hmm. so there you go i reached out to him and i tried to build that connection i explained to him that i was a chef and Uh i really wanted to incorporate that super super hyper local honey
0: very local yeah
1: very local into our menus and since he was a a hobbyist not a commercial beekeeper yeah yeah more a little skeptical we mm-hmm. didn't really have this abundance of honey to sell.
0: Yeah, he was like, I'm just here just doing this like for my family and friends type thing. Exactly, Yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: exactly. exactly. And mm-hmm. until you actually dissect a beehive in a colony, you don't understand how hard, how much work goes into producing. Oh, yeah. And on, when, when I finally understood that, I realized why our our initial conversation was like that right reluctant to just sell
0: like oh sure like here you go it's like he wanted you to understand this is serious business yeah yeah
1: Mm -hmm. you know I pressed him a little longer Mm -hmm. he kind of gave me the option he said listen if you want to come over and see how the hives operate I'll teach you okay and I'll give you a little sample (laughs) nice sure I signed up and then I started going every single week and he was retired so he actually enjoyed it and he became my new mentor
0: very cool he yeah. he was giving something back to the bees at the at the end yeah. of his his bee journey At yeah. the end of his career so exactly.
1: cool so I had I had just taken on a new mentor and once a week I was for about four or five months I was going to his house and training pretty much
0: yeah yeah a beekeeper What surprised you the most about it during that time? Like what your expectation or something that just really surprised you about that? You know,
1: I just, it was when you open up a colony and a beehive, Mm -hmm. you really, truly understand the hierarchy and how they operate. Yeah. Yeah. Mind blown. It's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen in my life. And when you first see the queen, it's like spotting a needle out of a haystack of, you know, thousands of the same. It, it's almost near impossible. <laughs> but when you do see her, uh-huh. it's one of the most amazing things ever, because she is this single organism, this single insect that is traveling through this hive and she's just laying eggs all day and they all are just surrounding her and they work for her.
0: Uh, right, right. And my daughter asked me a question because she is she's is very much into nature and learning Great kid. She um had this thing though. And I was like, Are you sure about that? And I think I, I told her I was gonna ask you. I told her I had a podcast today with a with a beekeeper, and we're gonna find out because and we maybe I can't remember if we put it to a bet or not. Probably it is like I have to get her McDonald's or something, which I probably will have to anyway, either way. <laughs> but she said this thing, and I was like, This can't be true, and it's about the Queen Bee. And she said that some beekeepers. Part of the process is putting the queen bee in like a little box, a little wooden box, and then putting like fondant or frosting around it. And the bees eat the frosting the queen eats and they get to know each other. Is that true? Yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that is partially true. Yeah. I'm buying so, McDonald's today. <laughs> actually, yeah. You, you're going to have to get around. <laughs> so
1: with that in that case, I've actually done that twice. Whoa. So, yes. So that, you do that when you're incorporating a new queen to a colony. Okay. So let's say your queen gets sick. The original Ugh. queen. She gets sick. She dies off. Or she flies off. Or mm. you're doing an inspection. You're pulling a frame. Accidents happen. You might Ugh. crush her if you're not gentle. Oh, it
0: feels so bad. Oh, God. Okay.
1: And, and <laughs> with beginner beekeepers.
0: Sure. You don't know.
1: It happens. It happens. And we oh. all make mistakes. Yep. So... We had to, I had to replace two of my queens. So in that process, you actually can go to a queen breeder. Keepers that breed queens specifically.
0: All queens. Nice.
1: You buy a queen and what they do is they send you a queen in a box. And at that entrance is a sugar, sugar wax type
0: of plug. Yeah. And
1: what that does is, like you said, a fondant.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: It gives time for the colony to eat their way through and for the queen to eat their way through. And during that process, about 24 hours. Yeah. queen's means pheromone
0: mm-hmm.
1: will spread through the colony because yeah. if you drop her in there uh-huh. out that initial time to get acclimated. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll be like, like who's like, this?
0: They'll be the like, mom, they'll kill her. Yeah. They'll be like, not my queen.
1: Exactly.
0: And then, okay. So yeah. All right. Well, Indy, you were right. If you're, if you're listening to this <laughs> mom was wrong. You're right. (laughs) Very cool. And now, after you were, um, you took part in this and you learned and learned. The next step was to custom design an apiary for this facility. So let's talk about that. Tell us, like, what goes into that? So
1: a lot of work, a lot of work, and planning. Planning was key. Mm -hmm. And we knew we had a time frame of a certain week that we were going to inherit these beehives from the beekeeper who I actually was training under
0: oh that's so great so he was like yes pass these on to you okay he actually had to move mm-hmm. and he
1: called me and said listen I think there's nobody else who I would rather give these to right now and will care for them as much as you will so I'm going to donate them nice so we got that date and we hit the ground running we said what can what kind of structure can we build that's cost effective that's also sustainable?" out of recycled or repurposed materials. Mm-hmm. So we we went on Etsy, we were looking for ideas, DIU, do it yourself, all this, you know, <laughs> yeah. all these ideas. And we came across this idea of pallet fencing. Huh. So what's one thing that a facility like this has a lot of? Delivery pallets.
0: Pallets.
1: <laughs> stacks and stacks of delivery pallets. So what nice. it was... We spoke to our receiving manager and we said, listen, instead of returning those pallets, we want you to start stacking them every week. So between stacking those pallets, going around to local businesses, Wegmans, supermarkets. we Oh,
0: I love Wegmans. Come to Ohio,
1: Wegmans, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, so the Wegmans in West Harrison, or there's one, I think it's West Harrison or White Plains, I reached out to their sustainability office and I told them our plan and I asked for some support. Sweet. Yeah. And they were so happy to help us. They donated like 20 brand new pallets that were it's not a brand new, they were used, but Wegmans is, has great quality, everything.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're like the finest of the, the best pallets. <laughs> we, we got the finest of used pallets. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Super
1: so, cool. Yeah. We, we sat down, we drew out a plan and we we hit we broke the ground and we started digging trenches in August. Wow, there yeah. was
0: digging going on. So, what was there before? Was it just sort of like an open area, like a grass? Oh, okay, just grass. A whole, okay, a
1: whole plot of grass that had tons of great sunlight, which is nice, great for bees.
0: They love the sun.
1: They love the sun, and it's important for the winter that that hive heats up during the day.
0: It's kept them warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That is so cool. And you are, just to remind everybody of your location, it's in New York, sort of like near Connecticut. I looked on a map. Yep. And what what's the name of the city? Ar- or Armonk, Ar- New York. Armonk. Mar- Ar- How do you Ar- say it? Every town in New York state, I say it wrong. I was just driving through it and I was like, what could I mispronounce now? Because I, yeah. I, I have said, I think it's called Poughkeepsie, I guess. I was saying something yeah, about Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. I got it. Yeah. There's there's a few there's a few but yeah and it seemed when I googled it it's like the town pretty it's kind of like a company town of IBM like that's like it's known for like this is where the IBM headquarters is. is right like oh, it's, yep. that's the first and thing it, you see when you Google it so yeah. and
1: I, it, it's the IBM corporate you know world headquarters located here so we're
0: for everything yeah
1: yeah so we run one of the three main buildings where the conference and hotel center
0: gotcha. Very cool. And so yes. this is, and then this is something that's a sustainability draw for a convention center type setting, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a huge sustainability aspect and, you know, incorporating this into our overall sustainability plan to move forward. You know, we, we talk about as a, as a population moving to more plan forward. Oh yeah. Plan forward food recipes. Dehydrated.
0: part of it. Yeah.
1: So, you know, to incorporate with our honeybees, we, our company Flick has incorporated a program called Waste Not 2.0. And what that really does is you, you, you're separating and you're keeping an eye on your green waste versus your red waste. So we, we purchased a dehydrator and what we do is all of those scraps from your carrot peels and any scraps that would normally be discarded, we're actually taking those, Mm -hmm. dehydrating them. And we turn those into products that can be used in salad dressings. Yeah. So that's another aspect. It's a whole nother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I know this is like, there's lots of things to do. And I, I kind of, I've definitely, um, it's surprising. Like as I started like just covering just, um, compost, like how interesting it is. It's like, I'm always like enthralled when people talk about composting, you wouldn't think that it would be exciting, but that something like that really is, but you're talking about dehydrating and then using it, um, for like a product that you're using so yeah. that's cool and yeah let's let's get into boy I, i'm sorry i have i've have been like a buzzing little bee around of like all our topics oh, I, I have not he, stuck he, to he, our he, talking he, points I, I the way. <laughs> oh man yeah because it's it's almost like i've got so many questions but let's yeah. let's get back to that spinning the inaugural so you, you yeah. have this place the place is set up it's functioning you're start you've got your first honey like over the winter and spring right and then so this this last thing that you did recently was, this was a celebration. So talk about the spinning, I think.
1: Yeah. So this was our first honey harvest as a property. You know, it was the success of the bees surviving the winter and now foraging from the flowers on property in the
0: two mile radius. That's, that's their first food It's the little dandelions, right? That's what I've yeah. I don't mm-hmm. mow my lawn, neighbors, if you're listening. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mow it now. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in the beginning, you got to leave it out for their food.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, you you have to leave them honey over the winter to survive. So now, oh yeah. We it tr- we could truly say as a property that this honey harvest was ours now. That yeah. even though we inherited the the bees last year's harvest, I I didn't feel comfortable you know,
0: yeah, like not a little bit. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it,
1: it, I, I can truly say we, yeah. we <laughs> uh, consume them and, you know, now we've taken care of them. And then as a property we've maintained, we've managed them and now they're ours. And this was, this was our first harvest of, of honey that we got from a two mile, three mile radius of our property.
0: Oh yeah. So what did the harvest look like? I've seen people do it. Did you have some action stations doing it and then do some behind the scenes as well? I would guess. So what we, what we did was there were four stations and we put the
1: harvest, we put the extractor, it's a crank inside.
0: Is that where the spinning comes in? Is that? Yes.
1: yes. Okay.
0: Okay. So I've seen that. I do know what that is. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you take these frames and it's, it's kind of, it's a, a cylinder, a dome, mm-hmm. and it fits three of these frames inside. And they go in vertically mm-hmm. and you you, put, you take off. Now, when honey is, is ready to be harvested, the bees will seal it with wax. Mm-hmm. And that tells you that it's ready to be harvested. If it's not sealed, that means it's not fully dehydrated yet.
0: They're not done with it yet.
1: They're not done with it yet. And, and that's a common mistake that,
0: Oh, and probably because I can see you'd be so excited and just, it's, it's too soon though. You got to wait, you have to have patience. It tears you, <laughs> just, like
1: life that's skills. So, that's funny you said that. So a week <laughs> prior, I was taking the frames out and I was looking at them and I was like, it was like 75% done. I was like, oh, <laughs> to... there. I was like, you got to go back in. <laughs> <laughs> so after you 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 pop the wax off the frames go in and you crank it and it spins it and that force actually shoots the honey out to the sides and it falls down nice and then we have a filter on the bottom because you want to separate the wax cappings from the actual honey
0: yeah even though you can eat that though i mean you can eat pieces of a comb just chew them up it's fine you
1: can you can i i personally like it i we we served that on our station last night with the raw comb cutting
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah, I think some people. I mean, obviously, like if you, it's it's not for everybody, but you can kind of chew on it. Like it's nothing bad. It's if if you've never had a honeycomb and just taken a bite, just like a beer, just do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it's worth
0: it. The
1: our honey simply just filtered once because Mm -hmm. we we don't want we don't heat it. We
0: want to, it's raw as
1: natural as possible to keep all of those beneficial properties that are in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All those those great properties.
0: That's awesome. So what is, as a chef, like what are some of the menu items that like your imagination has led to that want to, when you want to show off the honey?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. We, um, last night we did some infused, we, we did a Long Island duck dish which mm. I love duck. I love preparing it. It's one of my favorite things to cook. Oh, yeah.
0: It's so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we infused some honey, some lavender honey, and we drizzled that on top of some Long Island duck breast last night. We also did a collaboration with another flick chef, too, who is an amazing chef. His name's Paul. He came up with a a block. of So we did a, a block of feta, and we baked it in the oven with some really great olive oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smothered it with some honey, threw it under the broiler. It kind of caramelized and then it with some sumac and wildflower garnish. It (sighs) was, it was, yeah, amazing.
0: That sounds so amazing. I have a little bit of feta in my fridge right now. I'm going to try that.
1: Yo, it's, I can send you the recipe for it. It's absolutely amazing. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. And I bet our readers would like that too. So maybe I, I would love to share some of your recipes. Cause I think you've got a couple that like, just from looking over, look, look amazing. And also for cocktails and mocktails, you guys are using honey, right? So you got to hear this one. So the, yes. it, it was this, this dessert we did last night and it was a play on an old
1: fashioned. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a burnt, it was, what was it? Let's see the the chef we ordered these little not templates, but they were honeycomb uh oh yeah
0: yeah yeah panna- i know what those are so- they were when you make those funnel cakes or that kind yes. of- yeah yeah so it was a it was a panna cotta right mm-hmm. a
1: burnt honey oh. panna cotta with local bourbon Ooh, honey twill on top. And it was, it looked like an old fashioned that you would get at the bar. So it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah.
0: That is cool. I like that. Just, yeah. Getting creative. Honey lends itself so much to just so many different things because it's an emulsifier for dressing too, which is cool.
1: So many things.
0: It's great. Oh my gosh. Very cool. So how did you, what I wanted to ask you was, I was going to ask you where you're from, but the way that you say Long Island, I feel like you are from Long Island. Uh Okay. So, where did you grow up, and how did you become a chef? So, I'm from Westchester. Okay. <laughs> my wife, my wife is from Long Island. Oh, so that's where I, you got the accent. Okay. I,
1: I, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but I, I did. I grew up local here mm-hmm. in a small town in Pleasantville. That's actually ten minutes from Armagh here. a mm. uh, Funny coincidence how that happened. I, because I did a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I I was in Florida for a while working at hotels down there, and for for primarily the beginning of my career for the first nine years, I was a restaurant and hotel chef. Mm-hmm. I was not a corporate dining chef.
0: You weren't even and thinking about that, probably. Or, yeah. About yeah, and this is
1: kind of where it landed. You know, I went to culinary school, got my first sous chef job in Manhattan.
0: Whoa, fancy!
1: Yeah, it was it was in a, a really up and coming era in Tribeca. Mm-hmm. And it was this little French cafe and I, I worked hundred hours a week and.
0: Oh you know. my gosh. Was that so exciting for you though? Did you feel like I am really doing this? Like I'm a chef in New York city, right in Manhattan. I mean, didn't you feel no. like so bad at that point? I did. I did. I did. And it was, it was, a, it was what a time to be alive because at
1: 20, <laughs> I was 22 years old and mm-hmm. I was fresh out of culinary school and I got my first sous chef job in Manhattan working for this awesome chef. Yeah. We were. I was learning everything.
0: You were that. living your life. It probably was real hard though, too. Real hard work, I would guess. Like,
1: <laughs> could, could I do that now? No shot. I would. I mm-hmm. would. Be, I would be. It, the, the life was not sustainable to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. Right. It was living off of espresso, three hours of sleep. Sometimes I would sleep at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was. It was wild. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, you're in Manhattan. I'm walking mm-hmm. to Little Italy to pick up what's that was just made i'm walking to china to pick up fish so oh
0: cool yeah yeah
1: you can't replace those Uh, those experiences
0: it's true it's true so that's that's very cool experience and then how did you how did you mature and happen and
1: it took a couple couple years you know i bounced from restaurants to private country clubs
0: Mm -hmm.
1: high-end clubs still working your life away and <laughs> but th- listen, there's benefits to everything. there's oh yeah, like, pros and cons.
0: There's seasons of your life, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So you know, I think I was about twenty eight and mm. I said to myself, I said, where really is my life going? Is mm-hmm. it gonna be working every holiday and every weekend and every night for the rest of my life?
0: No, you don't want I that.
1: I didn't want that. I really didn't. so, I I had knew a friend of a friend who had worked for Compass Group, and she said that her her career, her life had really took a change for the better. She went corporate dining, mm-hmm. and she had a life, and she was so happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I I did some research, and there was a job a uh, job opening, and it didn't say Flick, it just said Compass Group Armonk. Mm-hmm. I applied for the job. I did a phone interview mm-hmm. with that. Danny Weissel, one of the chefs who I am still in constant contact with. He's an awesome guy.
0: Oh, yeah. He's a big name with the group. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, I he's an awesome chef. And uh, we just he was one of the first chefs who I interviewed with and I did my tasting for. Okay. So I, I came to this location, I did a chef taste, a chef tasting, and they offered me the job that day. And then from there, the rest is history. That was about six years ago.
0: Nice. And do you feel like this, the beekeeping stuff is, might kind of be your legacy there that you, that you leave for it? Like when, once, once you start retiring, like this is going to be here, like longer than you, do you feel that way?
1: I do. And I hope so because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, we dug those trenches and those fences ain't going nowhere. For now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's really
0: hard work. That really is.
1: Yeah. You know, and and I guess good leadership is about empowering your people and also not just leaving a legacy but training your, your people to assume those standards that you left for them right mm-hmm. so not only do as a, as an individual as a chef do I want to grow but I want my staff to grow mm-hmm. right? so that's what we do here it's a lot about training it's a lot about leadership so I already have one of my cooks who I'm teaching the beekeeping process.
0: Nice. That really is in any workplace. It's like teaching and helping and like bringing people up. So I think that's definitely a great thing. And I wanted to see what are, what are some future things that you want to try or on the culinary side or something that kind of has caught your eye that you're like, we should do this.
1: It's a great question. It, It really is. And right now I'm kind of just I just, I wouldn't say finish this project, but I still have so much work to do with this project. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm still kind of like wrapping my head around we got, had our first harvest and it's still kind of surreal.
0: It is, it is. And you have to continue. I mean, it's a, it's a continuing thing. So you're it's, we're going to be, you know, checking in on these bees and wondering, did you have anything to get over about like having them all over your body? Cause somebody told me once that the older, the beekeeper, the less clothes they wear. So like when you're an old man, you go out there in like a speedo and you're just totally cool with it. So,
1: I have seen so many beekeepers with no gloves. Some don't even wear
0: hats. and <laughs> no, I'm not I want everything. Guy. I want <laughs> the full thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm still wearing top to bottom, full suit with boots because, you know, Heck yeah, it hurts. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it really does. And the second that I thought that I was comfortable enough with them and that I was experienced enough, wrong, right? You get stung if you, if you're not careful enough. Oh my enough. gosh. And Isn't
0: don't... nature just that way? If you get too cocky, it yep. will let you know. Immediately. Very Immediately. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is just all so interesting. And I, I'm going to definitely follow up with you and we're going to share with our readers and watchers and listeners, some of your recipes too. So yeah, of course, really happy to know you and looking forward to, to working more with you and doing some collaborations. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for having me.